Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hi everyone. Welcome back. We weren't here last week. I hope everyone had a nice Memorial Day weekend. If you're an American, I'm back. I'm going to, in this episode, cover the second part of the reunion and not much happened, obviously. So I am then going to do uh, like a Q&A. And then next week, I'm going to pick up with throwback episodes. I'm not totally sure what that's going to look like, what season I'm going to cover, how I'm going to deep dive in. That's going to be up to me. We'll figure out what happens. And yeah, I'm excited. I just felt like we should at least wrap up the Team Mom 2 season because that's the last Teen Mom 2 episode ever, question mark. And it just truly ended so anticlimactically. Like, uh, it's Brie, Lewis, and Devoyne on stage. And then Nessa goes, thanks for watching the reunion. And it turns off. It's so fucking weird. I cannot believe if that's the end of Teen Mom 2. I mean, I can believe it. You know, the show is dead, right? But you would think they would do some sort of send-off. I don't know. Are we going to get another OG season before we get this combined show? Once Team Mom Young and Pregnant coming back, I have questions. I have questions for MTV. I don't feel like we're getting answers. I think they should do one more OG season. Even though I don't really really want to watch one more OG season, I do feel like each each show should get a proper send-off. I am glad that this is coming to an end. <laughs> I I mean, I've talked about this, right? Like, my care level for Teen Mom is just at such an all-time low. I almost cannot stand to look at the Teen Mom subreddit. All of, like, the drama that's ongoing is extremely boring to me in a way that <laughs> I can't fully explain, which leaves this show, Feathers in My Hair, um, question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know exactly and I, I've i been talking about this right for what two years at this point I just don't know exactly what I want this show to look like so I think for me at least like pivoting to throwback episodes that are fun to watch and fun to talk about will be really nice I, I hope that will like give me a little refresher on my energy for this show and if not I don't know we'll we'll have to reorganize somehow or maybe I'll just do my Patreon show. I don't really know. It's like the reality is I just really like doing my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I really like having the ability to talk about whatever I want on there. And I don't have enough content to do that on two podcasts. So we'll see. I like I do like doing throwback episodes though. So I am looking forward to that. I think it'll be nice. And of course, like obviously I'm still going to pay attention to the Teen Mom News. Like, unfortunately, much like Scientology, I have signed a one billion year contract with the Team Mom franchise. I, I, it's against my will. I was six years old. They brought me out to Clearwater, Florida. They put me on a boat. They threw me into the water. They drove away. They came back and picked me up. And they were like, LOL, sign this contract. And I had to sign it, you know? Like, so obviously, I'm still going to keep up, but just not nearly like the same that I used to. Because really, like, truly all that's going on is Brie and Kale fighting, going back and forth, and Janelle being on OnlyFans. And those things, like, just don't really interest me much. 
Uh, Kale... I mean, it all kind of what happened this week all kind of ties into the reunion, like the stuff that I saw happening online. Although there was at one moment where Brie <laughs> basically like shamed Kale for being on antidepressants and not having a family. <sighs> Kale met her match with Brie, you know, that like, <laughs> as I've said a million times, I'll always be on Team Brie in the Kale versus Brie drama because only one of them was stupid enough to take it to court and so I'll always have to be on the defendant side in this defamation case (laughs) I guess in multiple defamation cases I'll be on the defendant side anyway um I just I like kill going real life like that will just never not be like the ultimate loser move but I'm truly team no one for most of the time like Brie getting online she just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing at kale in a way that's so fucking exhausting. I don't know how she has the stamina for it. I think it's because Brie is like a true troll and that I really do think that Brie like gets online, tweets out like heinous shit, <laughs> just like absolute nonsense. Or she gets on Amazon.com and orders a trailer or a trailer, a treadmill to Kale's house and then like logs off and is like, time to go on with my regular life. <laughs> Like, I think that this weirdly enough has like very little actual impact on her moment to moment life, except when she's online trolling. So maybe that's how she does it. But it's just, you know, it's it's not that fun to watch because I love a team no one back and forth, right, for a while. But eventually, if I am not rooting for someone and I have like no stake in the game, I just I get bored and that's what's happening with Kale and Brie. So the reunion wrapped up. Uh, it started with maybe I should pull up my notes because even though I watched the episode four hours ago, I have like no memory. <laughs> oh, Coach B comes out. Everybody's so excited. They're talking about Team Mom Family reunion. And then we get back to Kale's segment. So Kale has her boyfriend come on camera. It is so fucking weird. I will say Kale was in a particularly good mood. <laughs> she was being, although she was still being like obnoxious about some of the things she was saying, I do think she was being like relatively forthcoming and easygoing. And this is a Kale I like when she, to a certain extent, is able to reflect and like talk about things with a level head. I've always liked that aspect of Kale. Kale's problem has never really been self-reflecting. It's always been in the moment impulsivity. So they have her boyfriend come on camera and they're like, he's wearing a mask. (laughs) I'm assuming because like the crew's there. And I wonder if he maybe wasn't COVID tested because they're not around him. So he had to put on a mask. He comes in. He like waves hello. And Nessa and Drew are like, what's his name? And Kale goes, don't answer that. I think his name is Elijah, by the way. I'm pretty sure his name is Elijah. And then they're like, how did you meet? And she goes, don't tell them. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so I'm like, so why did you let him come on camera? (laughs) Apparently on her podcast, Kale's been talking about like freezing her eggs and having more kids. I mean, she probably will. Right. Like Kale's not known for making good choices. Um. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kale have another kid. Creed is about to turn two. And I think Creed was a really hard baby, but he's like coming out of that, I would guess. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Kale pregnant again, which would be truly nuts. Like that, I, 
I can't think of anything that is a worse idea than Kale having another baby with another man, but Kale's going to do what Kale's going to do. So they talk about Brie and the treadmill and uh, Kale says, you know, I just think that it's like a sign of projection from Brie and it really shows how miserable she is. And I'm like, (laughs) she says it distracts her from how she feels about herself. And on one hand, it's like, sure. And then on the other, it's like, so what does that say about almost everything that you do at all times? (laughs) There was, they didn't ask her like about the lawsuit at all. There was no fucking accountability for that. I get why they're not pushing Kale, right? Like, she's just going to be like, I don't want to talk about this and leave. As I've said a million fucking times, Dr. Drew is not Andy Cohen. I am never expecting them to ask the tough questions. I'm never expecting real back and forths. But watching Kale talk about Brie and not have anybody be like, well, do you think she was mad that like you were suing her? For nobody to ask her that, I mean, maybe they did on the last episode. I genuinely don't remember. That's how bad the show is. I mean, I watched it less than two weeks ago. Um, But for them not to, like, talk about why Brie sent the treadmill, just that she sent the treadmill is very silly. It's just very silly. And it's why the show just shouldn't do reunions, right? Like, the reunions are just so pointless They don't add anything to the season almost ever. And the very rare moments that they do add something, they're just, it's not worth it. And if you're not going to ask the cast, if you're not going to ask the cast member who sued another cast member why the fuck she did that and what she was fucking thinking when she did that and really push her on that, then there's no point in talking about it. So she's talking about the fact that um, she wasn't upset when Brie went on Chris's podcast. (laughs) LOL. Yes, you were. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> we watched you be mad with our own eyes and ears. Like, we, we saw it happen. When she says stuff like that, I just, she's so fucking annoying. When she just, with a dead straight face, is like, no, I wasn't mad. It's like, yeah, of course you were mad. Um, She says that she was upset but her enemies can't betray you. The people you have a kid can betray you. Basically being like, I was like Brie, Brie's actions like aren't betrayal because Brie and I are not close, but like Chris having Brie on was a betrayal to me. So like you're not upset, but you're betrayed. <laughs> make it make sense. Please, please, Kayla, I'm begging you to make it make sense. They talk about her unfollowing everyone. She's like, I even unfollowed you guys. And they're like, so you're not mad at Leah? And she's like, no, as far as I know, there are no problems. Except Kale did start following people again and clearly said, I'm only following people that I trust. And Leah's not on that list, but Chelsea is. I think if she had followed no one back from the cast and was like, I only want to follow like my family members or like a very select few people, it would be fine. But like her following Chelsea makes it so obvious that it's like, appointed decision not to be following Leah. Uh, They talk about the miscarriage story and what V did. And Kale does say, and like I said, I like when Kale is self-aware and has like a decent reflection on her life. And I liked what she said here. She basically was like, 
it's not so much that I'm like mad at V now, but it's like really hard to deal with. Like knowing that she did that, she kept it a secret. And then like she became good friends with me and started a podcast with me. And then I had to find out like in a different way. And I mean, I think that's a really good point. I think it's good that Brie didn't, not Brie, that Kale didn't let that like totally derail their friendship. I think that would have been a real mistake on her part. But that, it was real dumb of V. It was real dumb of V to let Javi sit on that information. I kind of wonder if V like forgot she did that. Honestly, <laughs> I <laughs> I could see myself <laughs> talking shit like that and then truly forgetting about it, right? Because it's not like she went out of her way to like spread this story. It was at like the height of her drama with Kale. Javi and Kale are like having all of these blow ups. V meets up with him and like tells him this thing. I I can just see her like not really thinking about it again. I don't want to say she like never really remembered. I'm sure when she was reminded she remembered, but I bet it like didn't even occur to her to tell Kale about it. Because think of all the shit that Kale talked on V. I bet V was like, okay, so everything in her past is what are the bridge on both sides. And I'm going to forgive Kale for all that shit. And so, like, why would I bring up these things that we, like, fought about in the past or that happened in the past that aren't relevant today? But where V fucked up is that Javi has an elephant's brain. And Javi, in 45 years, will, like, drop something you told him you know, Javi will be 62 years old and he'll like drop some nugget of information you told him when you were 21. Like that's the type of person Javi is and that's where V really fucked up. I don't blame V for not telling her. And I really, I don't blame V necessarily for saying it, but I I do think like Kale deserved to be mad at her. Does that make sense? I, I feel like there are a lot of situations where you're talking shit and it's reasonable and fine honestly and that person maybe deserves it but here's the thing if you get caught talking shit (laughs) that's on you you know like you have to take accountability for that I'm kind of a firm believer in that like if you're gonna be a shit talker and I say this as a shit talker and you get caught shit talking like you just have to own it because you did that like that's the risk of you talking shit even if it's true. And like I said, I mean, it wasn't true. Who knows Who knows what V knew and who told V what, but she really fucked up letting Javi sit on that. Okay, so Kale talks about the fact that she never personally apologized to Janelle, and now she goes to therapy two times a week. <sighs> okay, let's talk about Kale going to therapy. I know I've said this before. I get asked about this all of the time. I see people talking about this all of the time saying that Kale's therapist must be horrible because she has not made any progress and just say basically being like there's no way that Kale's seen a good therapist because she really hasn't changed. And to that I say no, not really. Like here's the thing, you can go to therapy 5 times a week for months and not make any change. Because therapy is not necessarily about having a good therapist. Like, obviously, of course, having a therapist you trust is really important and having a good therapist is important. I'm not saying that like a therapist is 
that there aren't like bad therapists. Like there absolutely are bad therapists. But I think the issue is that Kale's not in the right type of therapy. I think Kale, as far as we know, is going to talk therapy. So she's going to her therapist two times a week and just talking about her life. And I bet it does help. And I think that like starting with talk therapy was probably a very good idea for her because she hadn't been in therapy in the past. She has so many issues and it probably felt really nice for the first time in her life to have like a truly neutral third party that she could go and talk to about her stuff and get perspective from. I think that's probably really good. I think the issue is that Kale needs to be in a different type of therapy, like maybe DBT. Maybe Kale needs to be on not an SSRI, but a different type of medicine. I think that Kale's just not getting the mental health treatment that she needs. And I don't think that's the therapist's fault. Plus, like, the therapist should not be watching Teen Mom. The therapist should not be following Kale on any social media. The therapist should know nothing about Kale's life except for what Kale comes into therapy to talk to her about. So if your client is seemingly making progress, and Kale has made progress. I know. I know. I know it's not much. I'm, I'm not saying Kale's a good person. I know she has not made that much progress, but as far as we know, Kale and Chris are no longer sleeping together. That's that's such huge progress that they're not sleeping together. Um, didn't he cut Creed's hair and Kale didn't drive over there and flip out and possibly hit him? I do think that there are... Kale still has so many issues and so many problems, but I really do think she's made a smidgen of progress. And I think that if she's going to her therapist twice a week to just like talk about what's going on in her life and she's feeling better at the end of therapy, then like what else can her therapist really do? I mean, theoretically, her therapist could fire her um, and be like, you're not making any progress. I'm not helping you. You're coming two times a week and it's not helping. But it's kind of rare for that to happen. I mean, not for nothing, like therapy is a business and Kale's probably paying cash twice a week, which... I know it's shitty to say, but that's a real thing. I just, I don't love when people are like flipping, like screaming that Kale must have a terrible therapist or she's not really in therapy. I think that we need to remember that therapy is like not any sort of a cure-all. <laughs> and it depends on the type of therapy you're doing and the work that you're doing outside of therapy and the life that you're living outside of therapy and the changes that you're making in your life. And I don't think Kale's doing any of that. And I I would guess she's probably not in the right type of therapy because there are still major issues in her life. Primarily is that she's fucking miserable. Like Kale's a really unhappy person. And I know she recently got a depression diagnosis, but I think it goes beyond that. I think she is just a really, really miserable person. And that sucks. It sucks to live that way. And that's where I always feel for Kale is that even though, you know, she has to get help herself and she has to be the one that changes. It is sad to me when there's somebody that is just like absolutely miserable in their life, like spinning on all cylinders all of the time. Okay, let me take a quick break and then we'll talk about the rest of the reunion.
Then Kale reveals that she started going to therapy because in October 2019, someone almost took her life. Of course, Dr. Drew is like, excuse me? (laughs) Come again? (laughs) And she says straight up, it was Chris. She says, Chris almost killed me in October 2019 with domestic violence. Now, this has become obviously a big topic of conversation. Here's the thing. I really don't know what the fuck is going on with Chris and Kale. I I really just, I've always believed that they were in an abusive relationship. But I, I don't know. You know, Chris says later that they both hit each other. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I know a lot of people think Kale's straight up lying here. I don't think I do. I mean, there's been, she's been talking about Chris being abusive to her for many years. Uh, she does say, like, because I hit, I pushed Javi in 2012, like, I can't, I can't be a victim of domestic violence. And Dr. Drew corrects her that that's not true. And I, I totally agree with that. But also, like, she pushed Javi just once. That, that's all you did, honey? You didn't also hit him once really hard. And that's why you started going to therapy back then. And you didn't hit Joe and you didn't get arrested for hitting Chris. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a real lack of honesty from Kale. But I also believe, like, Chris is an abuser. Like, I think Chris is a bad person. And I don't know if I really believe his, like, we're mutually abusive thing. I've been reading so much about mutual abuse in the last, like, two months and how it doesn't really exist because abuse requires inherent power dynamics. And I definitely believe that to be true. And I've been reading about reactive abuse. And I I just don't think we know enough about Kale and Chris's relationship to have any sort of idea on who we should be trusting here. Um, and so for me, and I know I'm like right now I'm like heavily I'm not going to talk about this but I'm like heavily influenced by what's going on in the news if you want to hear my thoughts on Johnny Depp being a fucking monster you can join my patreon patreon.com slash Liz explains I have five plus episodes up there on the trial including one from last week where I just cried on mic um but I I don't want to be like I believe Kale or I don't believe Kale because we never really saw Kale and Chris's like dynamics. Um, what I do know is that out of the two of them, Chris is the only one that was like actually prosecuted for domestic violence, right? What we do know is that Chris is a fucking shitty dad. What we do know is that even though he like barely was in his first two kids' lives, he chose to have another baby and bring another baby into like another pretty chaotic situation with a woman he's been on and off with since high school. Um, What we do know is that Chris doesn't seem to be living a real productive life as far as we know. So I'm not saying that that makes Chris an abuser. I mean, I guess his... (laughs) guess his conviction you know for like domestic assault does but I just I don't know I don't know I don't I don't love people being like Kale's line because I don't really think she is I really don't think Kale's line 
But I don't necessarily think Chris is totally lying. It's hard to know. That's I know that's a wishy-washy answer and you guys know I hate a wishy-washy person and I usually like to have very strong opinions on things but this is really like kind of the perfect example of like we one the boy who cried wolf right because Kale has multiple times taken out protection from abuse orders that maybe she shouldn't have etc etc um and me just like if I don't believe Kale, is it because I don't like her? Or is it because I don't think Chris is possible of abuse? Because from what we know of him, their lives, etc., I do think Chris is, it is possible that Chris abused her. Do I also think it's possible that she's the abuser? Yeah. And that she's not telling the truth? Sure. And the reality is, is we just don't know. Like, they don't tell us anything. Uh... <laughs> I guess she's going to like have Dr. Drew on her podcast to walk him through the whole thing. So maybe when I hear her that podcast that I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to listen to that probably. <laughs> maybe when I read a recap of that podcast, then I'm like, maybe I should listen to this. Maybe I'll like hear about it and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I totally believe her. Or maybe Chris will put out like some really complete statement and I'll be like, oh, OK, that makes sense. I believe him. But until then, I'm kind of like a it was a really toxic relationship. I don't know who was the abuser. I don't I don't know if it was reactive abuse going on and I don't want to say either one of them are lying because we just don't know. And we like I mean, we've seen them on camera together one time. Like we just really especially compared to like reality TV couples, we really don't know their dynamics. So that's my thought on that. And I know some people are going to be like, you should be like, you know, Kale's a fucking liar. You know, Kale's an abuser. And then I'd say, yeah, I do know that stuff. But I just don't want to make like a strong declaration on this. And I I mean, I will be interested in hearing if Kale's going to like tell this whole story. But it's not the first time that she's accused him of physical violence, right? And he was fucking prosecuted for physical violence. He got two years probation for physical violence. So uh, I'm really glad that they're not together anymore. <laughs> I am I am genuinely like glad for Kale that she's no longer with Chris and doesn't seem to like be going on and off with Chris. I, I am glad for her. I do think that's like a huge improvement in her life. And even if everything else is terrible, like at least... She's not with Chris anymore. Okay, so she says people don't know. She's crying about it. And Drew's like, I mean, you can, or Kale's like, you can ask him about it, but I don't think he'll want to talk about it. Uh, then he's, he says like, so you're coming back to Team Mom too? And she's like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. And he's like, what? And he's like, this isn't goodbye. And she goes, yeah, I think we should say goodbye right now because I don't think I'm doing this show anymore. She says her time has come to an end. I believe her as of now. I believe that Kale's telling the truth when she says that. Do I think her truth could change? Yeah, of course. I, you know, I'll never rule out that Kale could come back. But I do think that it's time for her to part ways with MTV. Dr. Drew then was like, you, you helped turn the tide of teen pregnancy in this country. Oh, my fucking God. I 
I'm so sick of them saying that. It's such fucking bullshit. Teen pregnancy has been drastically declining for like 30 fucking years. There was one goddamn study done that looked up Google rates in areas where people were watching Teen Mom like at a high rate. Like it is truly the most correlation does not equal causation study. And it was just like um, they were looking at birth control. <laughs> like like we, it's just so stupid. This show did not did not reduce the rates of teen pregnancy, like just our society changing, reduce the rates of teen pregnancy. And MTV taking credit for it is such horseshit. Okay, so then Brie comes out and they ask her about Chris and she says, well, you know, like he did the affidavit. My lawyer was asking him questions. And once again, she denies being with Chris and she's like, it's annoying. I think it's played out. I think she needs to come up with a better way to drag me down and like kind of talking around the question. And Drew, I found this. He goes, you know, the fans, the fans are going to get mad at me. You know, the fans are going to get mad at me if I don't ask. And Bree's like, ask what if I fucked Chris? And he's like, yeah. And she says, no. They ask about her wearing his shirt she says that they own the same shirt. But then later, Chris comes on and Chris says that he gave her the shirt. <laughs> Why would they not sync up their lies before the reunion? Like, they knew that was happening online. They knew people were seeing that. I'm curious as to why they didn't agree on a lie beforehand. Do I think Bree and Chris fucked? Maybe. I can also, I also can believe that they didn't, honestly. <laughs> Like, I think Bree's that much of a troll that she would hang out with him and not fuck him, like, just to upset Kale. So then Chris comes up. Nessa says she never thought that would happen. Uh, Chris was really mumbling. He was being a real mumble mouth, which wasn't helping that he was on Zoom. It, it's hard when somebody mumbles and they're on Zoom with not a great connection. Uh, they ask him if he slept with Bree, and he said no. And they're like, well, Kale said you did. And he says, Kale says a lot of stuff. It doesn't mean it's true. They talk about his new baby, speaking of the word true, T-R-E-W, baby true. He said he put himself in therapy after the incident, which once again, it's like this is, I mean, Chris doesn't deny that there was some sort of serious incident that happened in October of 2019, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Drew pushes back a little bit and he's like, so was there abuse? And Chris says, we both did something. There's fault on both sides. Whatever has been said about me can be said about her. And this I also thought was very bizarre. Chris's answer to this. So Drew says, so did you ever threaten her or injure her? And Chris's answer is injure? No, no, I never beat her. She's making it seem like I beat her, but I never beat her. That's a weird fucking answer. I actually completely forgot about this when I was just talking. <laughs> Should have read through my notes first. <laughs> Sorry. Let's have a live on tape turn. Um, That's a very weird answer to say I never beat her. What does that mean? What does that mean? I never injured her. I never beat her. That's abuser language. That's real abuser language to like zone in on something like that and be like, I never beat her. I don't like that. I don't like that turn of phrase at all. I I mean, Drew noticed it too because he's like, well, did you 
threaten her like and he's like yeah I said I said some bad stuff I don't know if somebody was accusing you of physically assaulting another person and you got into a bad fight you both push each other around and somebody was asking you about it and they were like well did you beat her wouldn't you be like no like we had a fight. It got out of hand. I hit her. She hit me. I regret it so much. It was the worst thing that's ever happened. Something about the like, well, why is she making it sound like I beat her? I don't I don't like that. I don't. That. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And Kale doesn't talk like that when she's talking about Chris. And I'm not saying that Kale owns up to everything that happened with Chris, but that's not the way Chris. Kale talks about their relationship and something about the like she makes it seem like I beat her really like sends chills down my spines it's very like this is so me projecting my own shit I know I know but when I was a kid and my dad would be like screaming at me and I'd be like can you stop yelling at me and he'd be like I'm not yelling you'll fucking know when I'm yelling and I'm like yeah you're yelling right now like I know you're yelling like something about the minimization and like the complete lack of accountability he's taking, I find very weird. It's almost like (laughs) it's almost weirder to hear somebody be like, well, you know, we both we both whatever could be said about me could be said about Kale, vice versa. Um, uh, You know, we got into it. I didn't beat her. I didn't injure her. It's just very, very denying language in a way that I would I think I would actually like if Chris was like no I was the victim and she beat me I think I'd be more willing to be like I don't know what's going on I I I really hate talking about this I it's just weird I don't love the language she's using that's all I'll say but once again I like I still really have no idea we know so very little about the dynamics of these two and their relationship Okay so then he says, like, you know, he served, he said he served time for it, and now his past is being used against him. And Drew's like, we don't mean to do that. He's like, no, not you guys, but everybody. And I'm like, well, first of all, October 2019 was not that long ago. <laughs> it's not really your past, you know? It's not really your past. So then he leaves, and Ashley Barr and T come out, they're talking about their marriage and they're basically asking T why she was like Bar needs or Ashley needs to divorce Bar. And she's like, look, I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. If I said it, I meant it. Um, then they're talking about the fact that T is also Bar's mom. I was like, yeah, we know. And that's part of like the toxicity of this. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be close with like your mother-in-law. Like that that's not what I'm saying. But it is sad when the only parental figure somebody has is their significant other's parent when you're not in like a healthy relationship with your significant other. It reminds me of um Juan Dixon and Robin from Potomac, how he was like orphaned as a child and Robin and Juan met when they were very young and her parents basically like took him in as their child which like really added a complicated dynamic when Robin and Juan were having major marital issues I'm glad that Barr has tea because I'm glad he has somebody 
right? Like, I'm glad he is somebody, but it just makes me sad. Speaking of, they then bring Shen out, and it's truly the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Shen sits down. She's by herself, and Dr. Drew is like, hey, how are you? And she gets up and sprints out of the room. (laughs) It's so fucking weird. Bar is in his dressing room yelling, just send her home, just send her home. She's like, I just need a minute. I just need a minute. I need my kids. Uh, Then she says something like, oh, I thought this was really, really crazy. Um, She says, you know, she comes back out on stage and she's like trauma dumping. And she's like, I was so overprotective to my kids and loving. And they're so used to me being superwoman. And he thinks I can handle all the hurt. But what he doesn't understand is that he can break me. I'm like, what? Shen is a not well woman. (laughs) Newsflash, guys, I have a I have a breaking news alert. Shen, not well. (laughs) Imagine if you had like a shitty mom like Shen who was fucking terrible your whole life. And then she's like, my kids just thought of me as superwoman. (laughs) God. Oh, my gosh. I guess she said she freaked out because she thought Barr was going to be on stage with her. And then Barr wouldn't be on stage with her. And then he eventually comes on stage with her. It's extremely confusing. I, I don't understand what's going on. Full stop. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I guess they had a fight earlier in the day. He didn't want to go on stage. It's very, it's very, very bizarre. So then the reunion ends with Brie Lewis for the first time ever in Devoin coming out on stage. Dr. B is there. And basically, Dr. B is like grilling Lewis on why he's a bad dad. And first she tries to get him to admit that his dad hurt him. I found this very funny. She was like, so you said your dad was a truck driver? And he said, yeah. And she said, so like, how did that hurt you? Like, what more did you want from your dad? And he's like, I didn't. My dad was great. I didn't want anything more from him. And she's like, but you've been hurt. You want to be a father like your dad. It was so weird. She said that the reason that Lewis is not being a father is because he had his heart broken at some point. What? (laughs) I I don't know. I liked Dr. B when I watched Family Reunion, but there is something like very off putting about like a TV life coach therapist, like two minutes after meeting someone being like, you had your heart broken, right? You had your heart broken. And that's why. And Lewis is like, it's kind of funny to watch because Lewis is like not engaging with it. He's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Then Bree shares a really sad story. As we all know, Bree's dad left after she got pregnant. He just like dipped out of her life, which is so traumatizing. And she found his address recently and went to his house and he wouldn't see her. It's so fucking sad. She was crying. And Dr. B is like, obviously, you don't want this for your girls. And so she's like addressing Lewis and Devoin that like they need to be sure that they're there for their girls so that they don't experience this. And I do like Devoin's like, that's not an issue for Nova. Nope, that's not an issue. She will never feel that way. And I really do hope that to be true. We all know that Devoin has stepped up pretty well. He's doing a pretty good job. But Nova's still pretty young, right? Like she's 10. I just, I, I hope for Nova's sake that that's not true. And then, as I said, Nessa just turns to the camera and goes, okay, that's it for the Team Mom 2 reunion. As like everybody's sitting on stage crying. (laughs) Usually they bring them all out. They all sit on stage together. (laughs) I guess they decided not to do that. And 
I guess, goodbye forever to Teen Mom 2? That's bizarre, right? That can't be right. I don't... Ah, that That's so weird. All right, let's answer some AMA questions because as I predicted, this would not take me a full hour or even really close to it. Um, the first one is not Teen Mom related, but do you think Dr. Oz actually has a chance to win in PA? Have they called that fucking race yet? So if you don't know, Dr. Oz, despite being a resident of New Jersey, is running for the PA Senate. Um, a Republican senator, Pat Toomey, is retiring in the state of PA. And obviously, this is like a huge, probably the biggest Senate race that's happening this year. It, it's 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 there's going to be so much fucking money put into the state for that Senate race. And Dr. Oz was running against one really unhinged nut job. She was out. And then this other guy whose last name is McCormick, who also like lives in a different state, <laughs> he lives in Connecticut. Um, he's more hardline GOP, like Bush era conservative, um, is my understanding. I haven't been closely following him. And they, I mean, the primary was like two full weeks ago, maybe three at this point. And last time I checked, they had not officially declared a winner. They're like in recount. Uh, McCormick was arguing that mail-in votes should count if they're not dated, which is like a huge fucking issue in the 2020 election for the PA mail-in ballot where the Republicans fought tooth and nail not to let those uh, ballots in. And now, of course, that like a Republican wants that to happen, it might happen. So I don't know if they've called it yet. I did see the last thing I saw was that Oz was a little bit ahead. So on the Democratic side, a man named John Fetterman is running, and he is incredibly likable. Um, he does have some issues, such as in 2014, when he was mayor, he held up a jogger at gunpoint, and that jogger is black. And he was not doing anything, and John racially profiled him, and it's really fucking horrific. And I did not vote for him in the primary. Um, I voted for somebody else. Uh, and I've already like, my brain is like so mush, but I voted uh, for a councilman from Philly or a PA congressman from Philly. Malcolm Kenyatta, I think is his name. I really like him. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I was hoping that like if he could have a decent showing in the primary, maybe he could run for U.S. Congress. Do I think Dr. Oz could beat John Fetterman? No. John Fetterman crushed the primary. He won every single county in Pennsylvania. Um, he's a real populist guy. He is real Western Pennsylvania. He wears shorts everywhere, like basketball shorts everywhere. <laughs> he has a beautiful wife. Um, he is very like plain spoken and really like man of the people. He got a lot of national attention during the 2020 election because he's lieutenant governor. Um, I would be pretty surprised to see anybody beat him. I do think that the Republicans will be running um, ads about the racist attack, which like they should be right. Like it's so fucked up. Uh, I don't know if attack is the right word. I mean, he like he didn't hurt the guy, but he like he held him up like that's hurt right like he caused trauma in this man's life um and this man has like since come out and been like don't hold it against him but I'm like was he for it like did he feel pressure that he had to do that 
I don't know. I find it hard to believe that that is going to really impact a lot of voters, although people are very worried about like the Philadelphia black vote coming out, which is you you need. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia has a very large population of black citizens and you need to get the black community to come out and vote for you to win in Pennsylvania. So I don't I don't really know. I don't think uh, Oz, weirdly enough, (laughs) is actually too liberal for a lot of Republicans. I I know that's crazy, but it's true. And Pennsylvania Republicans are going fucking crazy. The governor, because we're also having a governor election, the governor elect is, or for the governor running for the Republicans is a guy named Doug Mastrioni. He's hell on earth. He has sponsored a fetal heartbeat law in Pennsylvania. He was at January 6th. He's being questioned by the committee. He is a literal monster. He did not want to certify the Pennsylvania vote in 2020. My question is, what the fuck are the Democrats doing to ensure that they'll be able to get him to concede if he loses, which I feel pretty confident he's going to lose. He's running against uh, our current attorney general. His name is Josh Shapiro. He is like just like classic DCCC, right? Like he is a nice Jewish guy from the Philadelphia suburbs, successful, very well-spoken, like a politician. I find it hard to believe that Doug Mastriani will be able to vote or beat Shapiro, but you know, stranger things have happened. So yeah, I don't know if Dr. Oz is, if he gets the primary, I mean, it's anybody's guess. I think that I think that like John Fetterman is really likable for a lot of people. And I think that he will be able to get a lot of rural Pennsylvanians to come out and vote that normally wouldn't for Democrats. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, It's really important that not only does Josh Shapiro win that we keep a blue governor because if we don't they'll like ban abortion in Pennsylvania. But even though I don't particularly like John Fetterman. I mean, he ha- he's very left. He's a progressive. I like his politics, but I think that the the racist incident is truly unexcusable and it should make him not qualify to run for Senate. But here we are. And if those are my two choices, like John Fetterman has to win. So that was a long talk on Pennsylvania politics that truly nobody asked for. Okay, let's look at some other questions. Okay, this one I found interesting. Do you know if MTV pays for consistent and private therapy for the teen mom women? I mean, I don't know, but no. Like, I've, no. As far as we know, no. I mean, I, they should. One would hope. They pay for their rehabs and stuff, but consistent therapy, I I don't think so. I mean, they don't have health insurance through MTV, and I don't think MTV would be directly paying. Okay. Have you been following the mom talk drama? So if you don't know, yes and no. Yes and no. If you don't know, there are these women on TikTok who are Mormon adjacent in that they live in Utah. Most of them grew up Mormon, but are like no longer really practicing Mormons. And it came out that they were basically swinging together. this like group but they're calling it soft swinging so like just making out with each other's boy or husbands and this one like cheated on her husband in the process so yes if that's what you're talking about 
I've mostly seen it called Mormon mom talk drama, but I'm assuming it's that. Um, then like kind of, I like, I actually don't find it that interesting because I didn't follow them before. And to me, it's just like, okay, nothing like really, really hooked me in. Although I did see a very interesting video, uh, by this girl who does like baby name guessing, which I love. And she really is into Mormon influencers. And she had a really interesting point about how like these, this couple is like so hot. They're so young. And if they weren't raised in the Mormon church and purity culture, they would just be like hot 20 somethings fucking and living their lives. Right. But because they are part of purity culture, they were like kind of forced socially to get married very young and now they have all these societal expectations and so they're doing this like soft swinging thing (laughs) swinging feels like such a retro term does it not like (laughs) swinging is such a silly a silly word for something that happened in the 70s So yes and no, unless you mean like, do I follow the drama that happens with like Allison Fern and Maya Knight? Yeah, lightly. I I don't find TikTok influencers like nearly as compelling as far as like following their drama as I do with YouTube influencers. But, you know, I keep up with the girls. Oh, I almost just deleted this. That would have been bad. Okay. Do you think the older kids will start to get their own storylines on the new show? Great question. I never thought about it. I mean, they're still a little young, right? Like, I think Bentley will be 14 in the fall, which is fucking crazy. (laughs) Like, really crazy. But do I think, like, if this show does four seasons, could I see Bentley... Like, the camera's following Bentley and Leah around? Sure. I mean, why not, right? Like, they've been on this show since literally before they were born. So I don't think it's, like, crazy to think. I hadn't really thought of it like that. I've only ever really thought in, like, the like the vague idea that maybe one day they'll get their own shows, which I definitely do think is a possibility. But they're, like, almost at the age that they could have... I don't know if it would be like storylines per se, but like following them around. Yeah, I I could definitely see that happen. Okay, predictions for the lifespan of the new show. Is it already dead in the water or will this save Teen Mom? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I've been thinking that these shows are going to get canceled for how long have I had this podcast? <laughs> Since before I got this podcast. <laughs> Like, I have been sure that all of these shows would get canceled, and year after year, they don't get canceled. So I feel like I'm really bad at predicting if these shows will stay on the air or not. I feel like they're so cheap to make. I would bet that they get, like, decent ratings in the first season. I think that this will get, like, three seasons. I can say three or four seasons, especially if they're going to do two seasons a year. Um, I think that MTV will have Teen Mom on in some form or another, whether that be Young and Pregnant, Family Reunion, this new show, a whole new thing. Um, I think that we will have them on for the next four to five years. What it will look like, I'm not really sure, but I think that MTV does not want to let this go. 
Like they are not ready to let this franchise go. And I would be very surprised if this only gets like one season. But I mean, maybe it should. <laughs> okay. Would you ever do a Patreon about uh, Lena Dunham? I know you're a fan of girls and she can be problematic. Yeah. I like it's not that she's off limits. It's that like I don't really know how I would do that episode because I'm not interested in reading her book. Um, I mean, like theoretically, I could probably do an episode right now just talking about all the problematic shit about her because she's like a monster who truly cannot fucking help herself from being awful. And yeah, I do like girls. It's unfortunately one of my worst qualities is that I fucking love the show Girls and I rewatch it like once a year. I just love it. It's sick. I don't know why, but I fucking love the show Girls. It's it's not great. It's not a great quality of mine, but it's my truth. But Lena Dunham is horrific. Like she's so fucked up and is obsessed with controversy and like getting herself into controversy. So yeah, theoretically I could do, I'm not anti like doing an episode on her. I'm just not totally sure what it would look like. And that happens a lot with Patreon. If you don't know, if you're not a patron, people sponsor episodes on my Patreon. And I get people who pitch me things a lot that I love the idea of, but I just don't know how I would do an episode on it. Of course, I can't think of anything like off the top of my head, but I like regularly people will be like, can you do an episode on this? And I'm like, no, I mean, it's a good idea, but no, because I just I don't know if there's enough to like structure an episode around. Somebody asked what fair is up to these days. I don't really know. I don't really know doing escorting in Dubai. I think that's what she's up to. What do you think Trisha Paytas will name her daughter? Great question. Um, For a long time, she said that she wanted to name a daughter Malibu. I don't think she will. I think it'll be a Hebrew name. Maybe like Shoshana or Tova. Like something that is easy enough to pronounce in English. I mean like Hava. I can really see her doing a, I don't want to say Hebrew light because those are very real Hebrew names, but not, I mean, there are some Hebrew names that are very hard to pronounce in English and there are some English names that are very hard to pronounce in Hebrew. So I think that they'll go for a name that they can, like that works both in Hebrew and English. I almost just said American. Oh my God. Uh, both in Hebrew and English because her husband is Israeli and speaks Hebrew as his first language. So I think they'll do that. Although Teddy Fresh, what's her name? Ela, <laughs> Ela and Ethan named their second baby Bruce, which is very much, I wonder, I mean, he probably has a Hebrew name, um, which is like a common thing. But I think that they'll lean into the Hebrew of it all and it will be something like Aviva, Shoshana, Hava, Rivka. I'm trying to think of like, I, I think Rivka could definitely be a strong contender. Zipporah. Yeah. Anything like that. I can really see. I can really. Yeah. L. Maybe that. What if I just start listening to all my nieces' Hebrew names? <laughs> Maybe Braca. I think it will be something like that. I think that people are expecting like a wacky Trisha name and I don't think she'll do that. It'll either be that or something like super trendy, um, but like a little dated because right now really trendy names are 
like classic names and I think she'll lean more on like the McKenna side of it all but I don't know maybe she'll like have an Ava something like that so who knows I still cannot believe that she's having a baby that's it's literally terrifying <laughs> somebody asked if we can have princess on feathers in my hair again sure I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, we can have Princess on again. It's just hard for me to schedule guests for feathers in my hair because I don't like to plan in advance when I'm going to record. Like, I'm actually recording this on Friday night, which I never do. I always record on Saturdays. Well, I don't never do it, but I usually record on Saturdays, but I had a lot of energy tonight. I was like walking around Target being like, I should just record that episode tonight and then I can go to the pool all day tomorrow and not have to worry about it. And so when I've guests on feathers in my hair, it's it's just hard to like plan having guests on feathers in my hair. It's a lot easier to plan having guests on Liz Explains just because I have a lot more flexibility when I record. But I will say if I'm doing a bunch of throwback episodes, I could record like I don't need to record because I'm does that make <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't need to record on like Thursday, Friday or Saturday because there's not a new episode that I have to wait to air and watch. So yes, hopefully when I'm doing these throwback episodes, I think I'm going to make an effort to have more guests on. Like Troy hasn't been on Feathers My Hair in so long. I don't really think he keeps up with the Teen Moms anymore, but I love to do throwback episodes with him. Princess, Kara, you know, all the classics, all my girls. I want all my girlies to come on Feathers in My Hair. But yes, Princess. I was like, it's also funny because I know this sounds really annoying. I hear myself saying it. I know it's annoying. But like I talk to Princess regularly. Like <laughs> we were texting today. And so I kind of forget sometimes that like she hasn't really been on the podcast. And it's like because Princess is a regular. Fr- she's my friend. Like we talk about our lives together. And so somebody will be like, oh, my God, Princess hasn't been on the podcast in so long. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she hasn't been like I need to get Princess on here. It's I think in a way, sometimes it's easier to ask people that I don't talk to as much because I like will randomly think of them and be like, oh, my God, I haven't talked to them in so long. I want to have them on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds really stupid. Um, the same person also asked, you've mentioned your love of Hunger Games. Have you? Will you read the prequel? If you don't know, I read Hunger Games for the first time last year. Uh, <laughs> it was incredible. I loved all three books. I had seen the first movie before because, oddly enough, the first movie is my dad's, like, one of my dad's favorite movies. I don't know why. It just is. My dad, like, will randomly love, like, teen girl shit. There are so many times <laughs> where he will start a series on Netflix not realizing it's a CW show and then he'll be bitching to me about the show and I'll be like dad that's a show for 13 year olds like because <laughs> it'll be like some space show and he'll be like this is so stupid they're just focusing on the love interest I'm like yeah because that's meant for teen girls <laughs> but he loves Hunger Games so I had seen the movie before I think twice actually with him it was like one of those movies we would watch like uh, in the Florida Keys type of thing or like at the beach. And I but I never read the books and I decided to read the books this last year and I loved the books. I think um, the line from the third book, I think it's the third book where it's like, if you if we burn, you burn with us like oh, full body chills, full body chills when I read that. But will I read this the prequel? I think it already came out, right? Uh, maybe. 
I, like it's not on my list, but maybe one day. I did see that Rachel Ziegler, is that her last name? I think it is, will be in the movie prequel. So maybe I'll see that. I like her. She's cute. We'll see. Okay. What are your feelings on Drew? I actually don't know how to pronounce her last name. Afulo? Is that how you say her last name? She's a TikToker who went viral for basically just like she would duet or stitch gross guys videos and just like laugh really hard at them. Uh, I think that that's really great. I think her videos are very funny, but I don't actually, first of all, I haven't gotten one of her videos in a very long time. Second of all, I saw that she was um, doing some pro Johnny Depp content and right now that's a hard no for me. And third, like I know she's doing podcasts and shit like that, but I have not heard any of those. So I don't really have an opinion on her base besides like her videos that I saw six months ago were very funny. And the way that she blew up so quickly is very interesting. But I'm not sure if I actually like her outside of those laughing videos. Okay, another person. Will you have Smokey Glow back on the Patreon? And if so, what would you want to discuss? Yeah, I'd love to have her back on the Patreon. That's truly my favorite Patreon episode, I think. I have like five favorite episodes, but that's definitely one of them. Hannah, aka Smokey Glow, is so lovely and was so kind and generous when she came on the pod. And yeah, I actually have been like kicking around. Uh, She's kind of talked openly about having some mental health stuff in the last couple of years. And I would like to talk to her about that. And also like on the death of YouTube, I'm interested in talking to her about. So maybe one day I'll ask her. She's so good. That was such a fun episode. What career and or life advice would you give the moms? Hmm. I think lean into being a brand and an influencer and a reality TV star as hard as you can at this point for career. Like they're never getting normal jobs. They're famous. You can make so much fucking money on Instagram. You can make so much fucking money on Instagram. And I think that if some of them worked harder on that, they could be making a lot of money. Okay. Oh, whoops. I went the wrong way. Alternative universe. If Carly had been a boy, would Tyler still push so hard for adoption? I see this get talked a lot about online that if Carly had been a boy, Tyler wouldn't have wanted her to be adopted. I don't think that's right. I, I think that if Carly was I like, I think that Tyler didn't want a parent. I don't think it had anything to do with it being a boy or girl. I think people in general like lean a little too hard into Tyler wanting a boy. I think he just wanted a son. And I don't think he's like as upset as he seems. And I think what it is, is that we get like one or two scenes with each pregnancy where he's like, I wish it was a boy. And that's like kind of all we remember. But in reality, that's like a feeling he has for 11 hours and then not again. But we saw it as such a prominent part of the show. But yeah, I don't think that he would have wanted to keep the baby if it was a boy. Who is the most famous person from your hometown? That's very funny because just the other day there was like a tweet like, are you the most famous person from your high school? And I responded because no, I'm not. The two There are actually two famous people who went to my high school and one is Bam Margera. He's the most famous person from Westchester, of course. 
And then Kyle Gallner, if you know who he is, he's an actor. He was Beaver on Veronica Mars. He's in the iconic SVU episode from season five called Family, which is about incest. Oh, that's such a good episode. If you have not watched Family season five, Law and Order SVU, do yourself a little favor, scoot on over to Peacock or Hulu and fire that up. It is truly one of the wildest episodes. Uh, And he plays like one of the brothers. But those are the two famous people from my hometown. Do you plan on watching Chelsea and Cole's shows? Show thoughts? No, absolutely not. Uh, f- for a few reasons. For a few reasons. One, I don't watch HGTV anymore. HGTV. I don't watch live TV in general, right? Like I, I don't consume TV the way that I used to. So when I used to just like fucking scroll through the channels, I watched a decent amount of HGTV because like at any given moment, there's nothing on TV and I can watch Love It or List It, right? But once I stopped watching cable, like HGTV went so quickly out the window. I was never like a super obsessed with HGTV. TV type of girly in general. I mean, I liked it and I like, I love houses and real estate and that type of stuff, but I was never super hooked on HGTV. So I've never sought it out in streaming form at all. And so in general, I'm not watching HGTV or anything on HGTV. Like just full stop, I really am not consuming any of that content and I haven't for many years. Um, and I don't, I want to actively not watch Chelsea's new show. <laughs> Sorry to be rude, but I, I, the idea of watching them pretend like they know what they're doing in home construction, like put bamboo under my fingernails. Like I cannot think of anything that I want to watch less than fucking Chelsea and Cole on an HGTV show. I find them to be so fucking annoying, so annoying. Their voices so terrible. So no, I will absolutely not be watching it in any way shape or form unless I mean like something crazy happens and people are like you have to fucking turn this on I just find it hard to believe that that would happen okay I'm gonna quickly answer this one I'm not gonna get deep into it it's do you think Johnny Depp's lawyers believe him now in the very like do you think Johnny Depp's lawyers believe him in the very beginning versus now um no I don't think they believe him they've seen all the evidence (laughs) I think that they probably have told themselves it's mutual abuse, uh, but no. I, I mean, they've seen the text where his assistant admits to Johnny kicking Amber. Like, they've seen it all. You know, like, they've seen everything. They've seen the doctor's reports. They've seen everything that wasn't admitted into evidence. There's no way they believe him. Um, but I don't think that's, like, what being an attorney is about. It's not about believing him, right? Like, I don't think they need to believe him or not believe him. Okay, podcast recommendations. Let's see, whatever. I've been really listening to Who Weekly a lot lately, which is a show that I go on and off with, um, but I have been like very on with lately. I'm scrolling through to see if I've listened. Oh, I also had some people ask me about Teal Swan. I don't know her. Should I watch that documentary? I know a lot of people are watching and talking about it. It's a docu-series. You know how I feel about docu-series. I'm just not sure if I want to watch it, but people are like really being like, are you following Teal Swan? Do you know what's going on with Teal Swan? In a way that I was like, should I know what's going on with Teal Swan? (laughs) Like, do I need to know what's going on with Teal Swan? Uh, So as of now, no, I'm not following Teal Swan. I don't know her, but maybe I will be following Teal Swan. Um, Oh, one other thing that I wanted to shout out is this week, my Patreon community and some of 
my non-Patreon members that saw it on my feathers Instagram story, we raised $2,222 to give to domestic violence shelters throughout the United States. Uh, We gave money to a friend of the pod who was in an abusive custody situation. We gave money to, uh, we gave $200 to La Casa del Madres in San Francisco, $200 to the Compassion Center in North Carolina, $200 to Women's Lunch Place in Boston, $200 to Family Safety Center of Memphis, $200 to Wings Program Chicago, $200 to Survived and Punished New York, uh, $250 because hometown bias to Women Against Abuse Philly, which is an organization that helps uh, specifically with legal assisting legal assisting with legal issues with domestic violence victims um $272 to doorways in northern Virginia which actually the program director wrote me back after that like wrote me an email saying thank you for the donation I responded to her and we had a nice little back and forth um then I gave $100 to a listener that was not asking for it in any way, shape, or form, but I knew I could help them, so I did, and it was lovely. And I just want to say thank you so much to my community members, because it's not just Liz Explains It All people. I know people saw it on the Feathers Instagram and donated as well. And I just feel so glad that I have a community of people that mobilize. When I ask for help, they follow through with the help. I decided I was going to give $500 of my Patreon money um, I was just feeling really shitty this week and I was trying to think of ways I could help. I had donated $50 to my local women's shelter and then realized I wanted to do more. So I was like, I'm going to give $500. If you want to give money, but you're not totally sure where to donate, send it to me. I'll find organizations. And we raised $2,222. And it's just lovely. I love being able to do shit like that. I feel so incredibly grateful for this community. I love you all. I am excited to go on throwbacks. I think my plan will be to do like a whole season. I liked doing the two episodes and I'm going to start at like episode one of a season and go through a season, I think. I think that's going to be my plan. Like I said, I would love to have guests, more guests on. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm also really excited that it's eight o'clock on Friday night and I'm done podcasting until Sunday night when I'm recording Patreon, which by the way, this week's episode is going to be about the true life episodes. I'm a Jersey Shore girl and I'm getting a summer house or a summer share, which is also a Jersey Shore based episode, which is lovely because, you know, I'm a Jersey Shore girl. <laughs> Remember Dottie from True Life? I'm a Jersey Shore girl. <laughs> I'm a Jersey Shore girl. Um, I'm really excited. Tonight I'm going to watch Fire Island. Oh, podcasts. I like got totally off topic. But that may remind me, I've been listening to a ton of Las Culturistas. I'm so excited to watch Fire Island. Even though I get kind of weirded out when people have like really intense parasocial relationships with me, I'm an extreme hypocrite because I feel like my good friends put out a movie and I'm so excited to watch. (laughs) But I've been listening to Come Through Queen, which is my favorite. Well, uh, Come Through Queen and Everyone's Business But Mine are my two favorite Bravo podcasts. I listened to Wild Things, the Siegfried and Rory uh, miniseries. I thought it was good. It went on a little long. Uh, The Trojan Horse Affair. This is kind of old at this point, but if you haven't listened to The Trojan Horse Affair, you really should. It's about this school in Birmingham, England, where there is a huge Muslim population and a 
an Islamic teacher like came into a school and like truly turned it around. And then somebody writes a really racist letter with absolutely no sources whatsoever. And it upends. I mean, it's basically like a McCarthy era story, except it happened in 2016. It's really it's very interesting. Um, I have been listening to Scientology Fair Game. I like to pop in and out of that because I just love me some Leah Remini. I have, I'm going to watch, oh, I'm going to listen to Mother Country Radicals. I think it's a new Crooked Media podcast, but it's about, it's it's by somebody whose mom was in the weather underground and he was born while she was in hiding, which I like fucking love stories about, (laughs) like the people in the weather underground and in these like uh, organizations in the 60s and 70s who like these radical organizations that were like blowing up government buildings going underground. I love that shit. I think that's so interesting. <laughs> I've been really liking keeping records. Um, it's very funny. It makes me laugh. I'm just going through my just scroll, scroll, scrolling through my podcast list. I've actually been a little burnt on podcasts lately. Not burnt, but like of course, I'm at Classics, Dunzo, Beyond the Blinds, uh, Buy Pumpkin, both Patreon and main feed, like all my old standards. But beyond that, I've been just like feeling really burnout on podcasts. And I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. I'm listening to a series right now, the Dead End Job Mystery Series. Um, a new book in my Country Club Murder series just came out. Although I am like 100% sure. <laughs> That the this is like book sixteen or seventeen maybe that the author forgot that the sister already got shot in an earlier book, which is truly like a mark of a cozy mystery that I'm obsessed with. When you, if you don't know what a cozy mystery is, it's like a mystery that it's a mystery series that's like pretty low stakes. Somebody dies in every single book. It's like Murder She Wrote is a cozy mystery, and you're like, how is this person in a small town finding a body every single week? Um, so. In cozy mysteries, sometimes people repeatedly things happen to them because I think the author forgets. <laughs> like, just full stop. I think she forgot a major plot point of book. Like, it's like book two or three, which is very, very funny to me. Um, I've noticed in my like her royal spinus series, which is one of my favorites, that the author has repeated names or not like completely repeated, but the names are like so fucking similar that I think she forgot that she had previous characters with that name because she like wouldn't have used it because they're literally truly too similar. So I do love that. I've yeah, so I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks um and that's really it. Look at us. Look at us. Let's all go watch Fire Island. Let's support gay mainstream movies. That's really important. It's a Lionsgate movie. Uh especially by queer people of color. It's amazing. And it's Pride Month, which is amazing. Happy Pride to all of my fellow LGBTQ plus community members. And yeah, that's really it. I love you all. I'm in like a really good mood actually right now. This was, a, I like doing this episode. I like just chit chatting with you guys. Uh, yeah, I will talk to you next week. I hope everybody has a lovely week. Uh, bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.